the cutaway. 300 left to go. Truly inspired. Canter to the lead. Led by two. Vavinsky. God's dream. Waitman behind them. But the wizard said go. And he's back. And he's back in town today. Williams home. And returning to the winner's list. On Truly inspired. It cantered in. One by three. It's great to see all these right in the world again. Pikey's back home. The Wiz beating home the winner at Ascot on Wednesday. And that will, the return of the king, will shift our focus to the west. Pinnacle's point is no more. It's on. Yep. No, it's good. Is it good? I don't know. I don't care. I thought he was probably more interesting in Sydney. No, very happy to have him back. He's copped a lot of flack on social media, Pike, that he's certainly not riding as well as he was or not as well as people expected. Has he? And then I had a look today. So if you look at his year prior in Perth, Thing is striking at 25% and pretty much riding right in line with the market. And then his time in Sydney or New South Wales, so February this year, 70 wins against an expected 74. But riding strike rate 10%. So he's obviously not riding as strong chances, but still riding fairly similarly in comparison to the market. Mm. Yeah, his numbers have been okay without obviously being... As spectacular as they were in Perth, but that is to be expected in a deeper pool. Mm. Yeah. The one surprise was looking at Perth and with his absence, the ones I expected to sort of take over haven't done so. CJP. But your theory there is the, um, well, there's been a less concentrated power base in Perth. Mm. They broke the Holy Trinity. Yep. Grant and Alana with Uncle Uncle Bob and... William, they all went their separate ways and their power was probably their combination rather than... They were more than the sum of their parts. Mm. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, and as a result, I mean, Adam Durant's not going well at the moment, certainly for his standards, and the hyphenator is latched to him and Peter's, same with Chris Parnham and Bob certainly not having the success you would usually expect from him this time of the year. Devoted is his... Railway horse, and I know a few people in his corner. I don't see it at all. Not one of yours? No. Isn't, I, I don't pay the attention you pay, but isn't Treasured Star... From afar, my, my glossed over view of things was that Treasured Star was Bob Star. No? Mm. Lucky winner. She beat Tricks of the Trade and Alaskan God, who are the Alaskan God's favourite for the railway, mm-hmm. but had all the favours in that race. Sat in the 1-1, one, one, they've both settled last and... Got very close to her at the finish. Good to see her back in the winner's stall, but he certainly doesn't have the artillery he usually has and devoted has been pitched up and he's not. He's a short price favourite in the Peters in the last race. Wanted to try and get him beat. Probably can't, but I don't think he'll win the railway. I don't think he's at that level. There you go. Well, it is certainly heating up in the West. It won't boast the highest rated horse of the weekend though. No, for that we looked to the, the Far East. And took a little bit more hunting down this week because we've got quiet weeks. Jumps About racing, time. Jumps racing in the UK is not in our brief. No. Uh, so the UK is quietening down. The Well, more than quietening down on the flat. It's quiet. And the US is hung over from last week. Fair enough too. Yeah. Plenty of good bourbon down there. So Japan is getting up and going. In fact, it really is already up and going. We've had the, the Tenno show and it was some sort of spectacle. Can you quickly touch on that? Panther Lassa going out a million miles an hour and then the sectionals of the winner. Unreal. Yeah, off the top of my head here, I think it was 
four seconds difference between their closing splits and yet they finished in a flurry of necks. So they've basically run – well, they haven't quite, but they've run the same – let's just say they've run the same overall time and but the way they've done it is so different. It is an interesting study in in sectional timing, that race. Uh, Panther Lassa paid the price for going – a bit too hard, a bit too soon, but it was some sort of spectacle oh. to, to watch him prowl around there. Was home. And Equinox has actually finished quickly, far too quickly. So it is a um, the sweet spot, the Morikawa spot, was somewhere in between. Yep. And the result, when I calculate all the, the differences between par and, and what they did, the result seems about a fair one. Equinox slightly better, but not much. You give Panther Lasser a lot of credit for having done a lot of running early and you give Equinox a lot of credit for doing a lot of running late. You don't get that very often. No. Two ra- it is really a case of, and I suppose the, the Breeders' Cup Classic was a bit like this as well where you had two different races going on, but that really was two different races going on. So Equinox comes through a really fast run race where he was slow fast. That's weird. It is very weird. So there you go. You don't often see that at all at that level either. No, and I doubt we'll see it on Sunday, but what we will see is the highest rated horse going around in the world this weekend, and it'll be Daring Tact, a triple crown winner from two years ago now, and we haven't seen a lot of her since. We've seen her three times in 18 months since she won. Sorry, she didn't win. She lost the Queen Elizabeth in Hong Kong, and now she turns up in Japan's version of the Queen Elizabeth and soon to be the King Charlie, I assume. Mm. That's got a nice ring to it. Are all these races going to change? Don't know. Did we ever get to the bottom of why last week's Queen's Cup was not the King's Cup? We did not. It's on the to-do list. Investigating to be done. But what I assume will be the last ever running of the Queen Elizabeth II Cup to be replaced by the King Charlie Cup next year will be headed up by Daring Tact, who in the 18 months we've seen her last, she's only run well. She's only run three times. She's run well once. Oh, well's probably a bit being harsh. She's run really well once, anywhere near her peak once, which was in the Takarazuka Keenan behind title holder. That's real form. That is real form. And that rating there, along with the best of her former ratings, is what holds her up as the highest rated horse going around anywhere in the world this weekend. Magical Lagoon comes across from Ireland. She chased Alpinista in the Yorkshire Oaks last time, but I think she's a little bit below what should win this race and what has won this race over the last dozen years. Uh, but she'll be interesting. I think she's the first visitor to this race since Snow Fairy, who won it twice. So I suppose there's there's that angle. The last visitor that came here just wiped the floor with them and was the best winner that the race has had. But it's had some good ones. Liz Grisso won this race. Lucky Lilac won it twice. And one interesting thing about them is that they are mares that got better when they were four or five, mm. and that's where Daring Tact is at now. So as I said, we haven't seen a lot of her, but that's not... We've still seen little glimpses of her. Win Marilyn is another one that fits that mould. Geraldina is interesting. She's been hit and miss, but she's gentle Donna's little girl. And she's on the cusp of being good enough. Stunning Rose was the the winner the other day, beat the Oaks winner, turned the tables on her, and there's another couple through that same race. Win Marilyn is coming off a good rating, and I saw the owners were uh, very excited to announce that they were able to get Damien Lane. Ooh. So he'll be having his first ride in his Japanese stint. Doesn't go to Cranbourne. What a miss. What a miss. Um, doesn't go the Hunter either. Doesn't go to Cranbourne, doesn't go the Hunter, but he's off to the Queen Elizabeth II Cup to ride Win Marilyn, who I think has exactly the right sort of profile. She has a rating that's on par with the dozen-year average of this, and she's probably a little bit under the radar, Win Marilyn, so he's got himself 
He's walked straight into a pretty good little chance to knock one over or at least get involved, I would say. But Daring Tact holds out as the highest rated horse. I think Stunning Rose will probably be the favourite. So that probably is a betting race. If we're saying there's a horse rated higher and there's the D lane factor on another one. There you go. Tune in on Sunday. But from the east, drag us back to the west, will you? Yeah, for those wondering who is the highest rated horse going around at Ascot on the weekend, no surprise, it is Elite Street. And he comes up as the Dunno. You don't know about Elite Street? There's plenty I know about Elite Street. Then I know about Elite Street. (laughs) Even you know about Elite Street. He is a rock. We've often said this on the podcast many a time. He's 116 and he's done it numerous occasions. I don't think he's getting any better than that, but I don't think he needs to to be the horse to beat in the winter bottom. The challenge or the puzzle for punters this weekend is how forward is Elite Street going to be for this? Last year we saw him do what Miss Kentucky has done, win the first two lead-ups into the Colonel Reeves on the weekend, whereas this time around he goes into the race first up. I think they're sort of going a lighter prep towards the Witterbottom because they've got eyes on the gold rush. And why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? We've only seen him once at 1,400 metres. He ran in last year's Belmont Sprint. And I don't know how he missed this for the Taylor Penrith Award. But Chrissy Parnham's right on that was absolutely horrendous. <laughs> Snagged him to last, gave him none. So completely inconclusive uh, 1,400 metres for Elite Street. He's obviously the class horse in the race, no trial. I think he only trialled in the lead up to his last preparation because he bled in the winter bottom. But it is a ploy Dan Morton has done before. He did it with Alaskan God. But it, it is sort of give me Alaskan God vibes first up. I think they're going there obviously wanting to win, but he certainly won't be screwed down. And I think if he does win, it's a bonus. They just want to see him hit the line. And Miss Kentucky, who drawn wide, obviously, but she gets back anyway. Her splits in both runs back have been unreal. Uh, She's only won narrowly, but if you extrapolate her closing splits out, she has been a comfortable winner of both runs and now gets to 1,100 metres. I wouldn't be surprised to see her start favourite, even though she has drawn the car park. That sounds a little bit icky. Back to last. Who's the the horse on speed? Pandemic is in this. (laughs) Sorry, I'm... Doing form live here. <laughs> so this will test you, Will Chino. Oh, Will Chino is quick. Indian Pacific, Red Can Man. They've all got speed. So Will Chino was the big SP, the wild SP horse off a time figure last year in the... In the winter bottom, yeah. yeah. And has never run up to that SP since. No, well, some some smart asses would argue he hadn't run up to it prior either. <laughs> <laughs> no. So written beauty vibes. Yeah, it is very written beauty. I don't think the wide draw is an issue. She was going to, I'd rather her draw 14 than one. So 14, at least she's three wide and looping. Whereas if you draw one, you're going to be riding for luck. And yeah, I think it's fine. If Elite Street comes out and beats her, well, you know, fair enough. This is her chance to beat him though. Obviously the pull in the weights, she's fit. He's first up. If Miss Kentucky can't beat him on the weekend, I don't think she can beat him. So a little on the line for her in terms of win and bottom chances. Some interest, I know that he is older and tireder, but there must be some interest in the Red Can Man. He's a familiar friend to uh, those of us who bet in Melbourne, and I would have to say he's formed there in the, or I was going to say Ori Star, it's actually the Bobby Lewis, 
behind Baller is looking a little warm. Well, I mean, Elite Street only just beat him in two runs yeah. during he's, the winter. There's Baller. Yeah, so he's got that form. So I would say he's, he'd be the second highest rated horse in the race, wouldn't he, on his, on his best form? Obviously just without upside. But yeah, that form is going to interest some. Certainly a few Eastern punters when they see names like Baller and Rockin' Horse all alongside. Mm. And he's going to be bang there. Interesting. Interesting. Really good race. But as I mentioned, he is the best horse, Elite Street, but I just don't know. The completely different campaign this time in, and I think they'd be happy just to run a place heading towards the Winterbottom. I hope he goes well because he's a, uh, I must say, I feel like he was, it was disappointing that when he came east, he didn't do himself justice. Mm. Yeah. But with excuses, he had, remember he had, he had niggling issues and things just didn't go right. But he, yeah, he didn't do himself justice and that was a shame. He's had plenty of form stretch east from around him and prove that he's he's no dud. Yeah. Well, he's a better horse than Red Can Man. Yeah, so there's no doubt about that. Got to give him two kilos. That's the thing. They are getting their chance to beat him at the weights. As mentioned, if, if he comes out and wins on the weekend, I don't think Bobby's got anything in the locker. So in terms of the locals, if he wins on the weekend, he's very, very hard to beat. On grand final day in a couple of weeks, I'm not sure who's actually coming over from the east, if any. No, there seems to be a lot of names thrown up, but not not a lot confirmed. Mm. So, so it will be interesting to see how it all plays out after Saturday. But I will be backing Miss Kentucky to beat. Is there any the champ zoo style baller? They were thrown up as I don't think they. Mm, I don't think they're going. I mean, I wouldn't be scared of them if I was Elite Street either. Yeah, but if one of them turns up there, they're going to be hard in the market. Mm. I mean, Baller's just been lipped in a champion sprint. He's going to be in the market. Mm. <laughs> funny, funny race, that one. Have you got another funny race for us over there? The Bizarro. The Bizarro. Have you got a bad favourite? Oh, well, not so much a bad favourite. You've got a favourite you don't get or a price you don't get. Yeah, so it comes up in the WA champion Philly Stakes, Vampy at play. So laced up heels, Vampy at play. It's 260, 290. And Vampy at play went around 550 second pick behind Amelia's Jewel. Laced up heels was third pick in the market at $15. Laced up heels beat Amelia's Jewel fair and square, while Vampy at play was beaten nine lengths. And before everyone jumps through their headphones, I know she was very, very unlucky and went to the line virtually hard held. However, the gap now between the two of them is 102 versus 91. And we actually had Laced Up Hills rated ahead of Vampy at play. So sometimes in those markets, Lamelia's Jewel is $1.40. And sometimes those markets can be a bit skewed, but that price looked wrong in relation to Vampy at play. And then now it's 260 290 Vampy at play has got to make a massive jump to get to Laced Up Hills. I guess the query with Laced Up Hills last start was 1000 to 1400 Maybe that was the reason there was such a large gap between the pair. But on form, Lace Up Heels is a much better filly than Vampire Play, yet they are priced up virtually alongside each other. So I thought that was bizarre. Lace Up Heels has drawn 10. So I concede it's not the ideal draw. She's likely to get back. But we often say beware the unlucky runner as they can go around unders at the next start. This would this is the definition of it. She got beat nine lengths. Mm, I didn't see it, but... It was, it was bad. A, it was bad, yeah. It was bad, but still, the market is basically assuming she would have ran third. And I'm not too sure about that. 
I feel like she's tighter in the market to laced up heels than what she would have been if she ran third. Well, the last time we threw up a uh, tragedy beaten as the bizarre favourite the next time out, Francesco Guardi won by <laughs> that far. They were still at the school. He was taking his saddle off. <laughs> <laughs> so beware the unlucky runner unless they're going to win by a street. Mm. But you have to concede all your points. Oh, can I ask a question? Yep. Where, where's Amelia's jewel? She's going to the WA Guineas. Ah, okay. So didn't he thought this was coming up a bit too quick in terms of the gaps between runs. So is that next week? Next week, yeah. yeah okay. Railway day. She will go around against the boys, up against Bustler, which on our numbers, family in Amelia's jewel camp, but I get the feeling the market's going to be pretty tight there. So we will be backing the filly to beat the boys next week. But I think laced up heels, Amelia's jewel had a chance to beat her last start. So I don't think there was any fluke in that win. As mentioned, she was actually third pick in the market. So don't read the 14 to 1 SP as if she was an outsider. She was third pick. So she's ran really well there, held her off, and they gapped the rest. And Vampire plays. If that is the main danger, well, fill your beats. I thought Lace Up Heels was entitled to be very short, if not odds on. Have you got a best over there? I do. I've dumped Sydney. I'm all west now. Sydney's finished. Well, there is no racing in Sydney this week. There isn't. There isn't. Uh, yeah, no, my best is laced up heels. I think 260, 270, you can get, I think, upwards of 280. That's too big for me. If all they're worried about is a barrier draw, well, bet up because you don't have to worry about her talent. She's got these covered, I would imagine. So she would be my best. Probably one of the more interesting runners, I think, for us from a rating perspective is definitely the Placid Arc. So you've got the unbeaten, my Bella May, who's on the quick backup. Baby Paris was a good winner first up, but on our ratings, we have virtually nothing between the two fillies. And Baby Paris has to make the jump from 1,000 metres. My Bellamay stays at 1,200. So I've actually marked My Bellamay favourite in that, even though she doesn't have what some would say is the best form on our ratings. She is the best filly there. So that is of interest to me. Race 8, number 10, My Bellamay. I'm assuming you don't have a best in the West. Uh, yeah, I do actually. My best comes out West as well. It's uh, Vampy at play. <laughs> uh, no, I'm. My focus is well, Japan Sunday, I suppose. But yeah, Cranbourne. We're off to Cranbourne. What's the meeting like? I would say it is a very good meeting. I think they'd be pretty pleased. The standard is is good. This is obviously they've changed. This, I think it was just last year from a sort of spring Sunday, which I used to always love that Sunday Cup, Cranbourne Cup. Uh, but I can get around it as a Saturday mile as well, and the standard is pretty good. In fact, the st- they'd be really pleased with the horses that they've got there. And they cost them half a million bucks, so they want to get some good ones. But yep. they did. Eleven of the fifteen have uh, yeah have got a rating that's better than the the dozen year average really? for a Graham and Cup. So the the standard is on the up, but which is what they want. Which is what they want. Um, of course, they want because <laughs> thought it. They want good races. <laughs> But they've got a good race. It's a good betting race as well, actually. Well, I think the problem is prize money hasn't exactly equaled better races in recent times. So it's nice to see them pump up a race and they actually get the reward. Yeah, that's right. And they've, I mean, they're such a massive training centre as well. Like it's a home, it's a hometown cup now for so many. Mm. Like in Visanari's there, the, the favourites are Uncle Bryn and, and Visanari, two fancy imports. Um, and I mean, Visanari now is a home tracker, trained at Cranbourne. So that's interesting. Coming through a <coughs> hot, hot crystal mile last time where he couldn't get involved, but he'll get involved here, you would imagine. I think he's been a bit below his – even winning first up, he just scrambled in. He's been a bit below his best. Visionary in 
two runs this time in, but not far enough below his best to say that it's not coming. Maybe it was this all along. The hometown cup, third up. His form around Tuvalu in the winter has a bit of a look about it. Uh, but Uncle Brim was pretty good up your way. Mm, did he run too well? Did he run too well? Well, he'd run really well at sale, but his rating did dip slightly in the time-honoured five diamonds. Wasn't given the best deer. But, yeah, probably not with the, the best of the best of chances to, to show himself off at his very, very best. But he was full of running. He gave them a bit of a galloping lesson, I would say, at sale before that. Naturally, he was coming off a 15th, so he turned right up at sale. <laughs> Standard for the human heart rate monitor, Trenny Basuden. <laughs> and, yeah, he's... He's obviously very interesting, but it's uh, a busy time of it up to Sydney back. I don't think I would assume not by design, but there's a lot of money. So one of the interesting things about all these extra pop-up races is that I think it's actually forcing people to run more. (laughs) Seeing a lot of, you know, we're getting to see a lot of horses. Costs you a lot of money to sit in your box. Because a lot of races are holding up really well. I noticed that over the carnival. It's like, well, the Sydney carnival's pressing on now and it's going to cut the throat of all the big races in Melbourne. It didn't at all. No. Like even the undercard races were still, Cup Week was just massive fields and the quality was fine. That's interesting, isn't it? Mm. And a lot of them, horses like Private Eye, just did it all. Yeah. So Why not? Yeah. And we've probably, part like race like the Golden Eagle probably grows the pool a bit. I don't like the Golden Eagle because I don't like that it's restricted to four-year-olds and I think they should have just had a, I think a $10 million Epsom would be a better race than a $12 million Golden Eagle. But fine. But one thing it has done is it's meant it's certainly kept horses from going to Hong Kong, hasn't it? Also delays them during the carnival as well because the Golden Eagle's later in the spring, yeah. so they're doing less racing early, so then you've got more is that, horses. Is that right? Yeah, I wonder. I'm trying to think back to the Epsom well, lead-ups the the lead and things. were still good though, weren't they? Oh, mm. I think that one of the <laughs> How's the Cameron going? One of the, yeah, okay. Well, it should be the Hunter. One of the interesting things about... Um, Melbourne is that it's it's really I think benefited a bit from all of that as well because the Rupert Clark and the Turak which are you know, going to bob up and down year on year and and sometimes they they don't come up that strong but I mean they've th- the Turak has now thrown up the Eagle winner the last two years and it's been a you know a cool horse and it's been a great form race the last two years so that's <coughs> interesting. It's funny the Rupert Clark Turak Eagle is a very logical path for a four year old yet in Sydney they don't want to run in the Epsom. Don't know what's going on up there. Mm. Got to um, run in the Silver Eagle, mate. <laughs> anyway, for all of that chat. It's Uncle Bryn? No, it's not Uncle Bryn. I did, no. The I, the I gave it, I must admit, I've given, I've given it a, I did give it a long, hard look. Didn't think it was an easy day for a best. No, it didn't look that way. The filly you like a lot, that Grease, mm. she's come up really short, so you could, you could take the cheat way out with her. Yeah. She didn't really stop the clock in time. I'm not sure. Yeah, what did you make of that win? It looked amazing, but oh, she's obviously a level above a level above them, or probably two or th- tried two or three. Yeah, and she's got the big SP on Taboo. They clearly think a lot of her, but she's there's not enough ratings. So I'm a ratings punter, and she's not going to interest me. She's for the buzz punters, yeah. or maybe the eyes guys. They might like her. Oh, team buy would be firm believers. Yeah, she looked good, did she? Yeah, did she look good? I don't know. Oh. But, uh, Declaring her a Group One winner off the uh, oh, she's got the all, I mean, she's got all the bits, right? She, she sorry, she, I wasn't, she, but others were. Yeah, <laughs> she could be very good. Yeah, um, but I'm uh, I'm in the camp of prove it at least to some extent before I'm interested. Uh, and so I went off to the Phillies and Mares pendant, which, like the Cup, holds up. This is a, this is one of the strongest Phillies and Mares pendants at Cranbourne I can remember. I can only remember last year's. 
<laughs> which was won by Paul's Regret in the mud, and she comes back, but doesn't catch my attention. It's an interesting race, actually. Adela Moore ran great splits in the slowly run race at, at Flemington, which did throw up Paul's Regret, and I think three of the first four home last year, so that's the obvious place to go looking. She's all class, was terrible there. Well, how terrible is a stretch? She wasn't terrible, but she only beat a couple home, and she they rode her back there. She's clearly a better filly on speed, I think, like most. Mm. Um Maybe maybe that's stretching it as well. Maybe that's completely untrue. I don't know. But she seems very hit and miss. She's all class and no better than her stablemate, Cardigan Queen, who's the fresh horse on the scene. New blood. New blood, straight from Geelong, which will worry some people because 450 runners have gone from Geelong to Granbin and they've beaten 3% fewer runners home. Is that right? So that's an alarming trend that Cardigan Queen has to buck. I would have thought Geelong stronger than Granbourne. Um, well... <sighs> Incorrect. Not according to the last 450 runners. That's a sizable sample. Okay. But I think Cardigan Queen can buck that trend. She was terrific early last prep a couple of times with no luck. <laughs> yeah. And she does – she has a terrible pattern. Yeah. Terrible pattern. And that was on show first up at Geelong where she was taken back from the outside draw to last and given absolutely no hope. Had that sort of behaviour gone on on a Saturday, we'd have been sniffing around with a Pendrith to – put around Johnny Allen's neck, but I suspect it was to instruction. Still an issue, but she draws well. They put the blinkers on, second up. Second up last prep, she was set one hell of a task at Flemington and was the better filly on the day than Barb Raider, who's useful, and that would be good enough to, to win here. Then she was a bit stiff not to beat Fortunate Kiss, who is here again and has gone eight eight nine eight this prep Fortunate Kiss. And has been way, way better than 8898, let me tell you. So Fortunate Kiss measures right up to these. I think Cardigan Queen's a bit better than her and she's a bit fresher on the scene than her. So I thought Cardigan Queen was the starting point. She's not favourite in the early markets. In fact, I think she's third pick. So Easy bet to have. Yep, she will become, despite several knocks, at least I'm, I'm going in w- eyes wide open with her. I think she's a reasonable bet to take. <coughs> For those playing Newcastle, I have found one, which I think is over the odds. And the beauty of this is I haven't done these ratings, so I can quickly handball this to Adam as to why couldn't refuse looks extremely well placed in race six. We touched on, I believe, he was the twat leader at Eagle Farm a couple of weeks ago, Linthorpe lad, and couldn't refuse. I don't know if he was the twat leader two weeks ago. He was the twat leader last weekend. Oh, has he run again? He's run again. Oh, yeah. So Linthorpe Lad, well, that's got to be good form then, isn't it? Couldn't refuse. $14, $4 to place in race six. And on our weight adjusted ratings, we have nothing between him and Global Ozbred, the favourite. Can you talk me out of backing it? Or I, am I trusting the number? I couldn't refuse you, that bet. <laughs> uh, no, I, whoever handicaps those, those races up there in Brisbane is a uh, shrewd operator. Big tick for me with couldn't refuse as well is they scratched him from the mile race, which is an easier race to go to the 1800. He was beaten over the 1800 metres at Eagle Farm, going back a few starts. It was an open up there, but wasn't Jimmy Burns' best ride from that inside draw. So I think he was entitled to finish. Probably not win, but certainly a little bit closer. And he hits this in career best form. I thought it was a $5 chance. So no doubt this one will run second as well, but... I thought he was one of the better plays at Newcastle. And what looks a really hard day, the hunter, to me, is impossible. It's a real race. And 
in the Congo's come up favourite. One thing I do know is I don't want to back in the Congo. But going through the first five or six in that line, I think you could talk me into backing all of them. So while there is no star power, we don't have Lawson running this year, I think it's going to be, you know, stretched across the track. Apache Chase isn't miles worse than him, you know. Mm. In Grace, no, that's um, sort of my first look. But that's... um. Simo's brought a market up, if you're wondering why I'm staring off into space and being interested. <laughs> uh, Brutality's going really well as well. Mm. Maybe not well enough to win that, but he's going well. I know you're not going to like ingratiating because it's Glyn off. But oh, but friend of the show, Sam Clippert it on, so that gets a pass. Mm. And ran in the Everest and now 20s. Oh, threw the cracks in there as well. That yeah. Ran last week. Threw the cracks. Good run behind Clemenceau. Yeah. Probably not going to get a run though. That's the same for Waihaha Falls. I mean, that's good with Through the Cracks because you don't want too many good – like you don't want too many set-up horses going to the same place. He's not one for a while, but I think judging by his first up run, he will be winning this time in. So probably one to follow. Not probably. He's one to follow. But yeah, the more I look into the Hunter, the more I found it very hard to sort of be bullish either way. Valana was a really good run in the Golden Eagle, all things considered going back from that draw. So looking at that, I would mark him favourite. Uh, that wraps us up for the punters preamble. We'll be back with the review show on Monday, and just so everyone and just so everyone knows, those shirts are in the process of being made. Pace over position shirts. Pace over position. All of them are going to be sleeveless. Yep. And rolled up midriff. <laughs> <laughs> but now we do have them uh, getting done. Get a set of um, denim shorts done up too. Well, I mean, cutoffs. <laughs> that's going to be our Christmas party attire, isn't it? <laughs> 